You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, great guest today. Ryan, good to see you. Uh, you okay with the, uh, I think you're going to have to uh, hold your microphone today. I'm just going to hold it today. No, it's, it's a little, gravity's not on my side, but hi, how are you? Because you got love, love, love on your side. Hey, guys, I hope you have a, uh, I had a great weekend. I was in uh, Vegas. Um, it was amazing. I was at the Creation Con, the Supernatural Con with Jensen and Jared. We took pictures together. It was so fun. My buddy's band, Loud and Swain, all my buddies playing that band. Uh, Billy Moran plays on all three albums that I've done of mine. It was just a great time. The fans are unbelievable. Um love chatting with them i thought they weren't going to like us because we weren't supernatural mm -hmm. but there's sort of a crossover because they mm -hmm. aired after we did on tuesday nights i believe and also jensen was on smallville for uh, i think like a season or two and uh, we worked together so we i took like 50 pictures of the jensen it was really funny um but it was it was great vegas was fun uh, i was locked out of my twitter account so hopefully it, you yeah know, yeah so i don't know what's going on there um I, I don't know how to get back in i don't i don't know i think it was hacked i think I don't know. I do not know what happened. They said, you need to be a two-factor verification. And I go, okay, I'll do that. And I did that. And after that, just locked. I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, no. Something happened. Maybe it was hacked. Oh. I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, Twitter, help me. <laughs> Although Twitter kind of sucks. Anyway, you know, Instagram's like the thing. <laughs> well, well, now you're definitely not going to get in. Well, Twitter, I help. I, I don't suck. think they're, well, I mean, they're, they're, look, look how they're treating me. I'll, I'll say something nice if they fix it. But right now, I'm pissed. I'm all fine. Um, Tom Welling and I will be listen to this Dallas, Texas with creation with Jensen and Jared and the gang, uh, February 4th and 5th. We're doing a Smallville nights on February 4th. Get your tickets now. It was awesome. You're going to, you're going to love it. We do a, an hour and a half show. There's prizes. There's, we read scripts. It's, it's a real blast. Um, and also please, uh, go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get, you, you get your, um, music. And our, my new album's out, Sunspin. The band is Sunspin. You could get it for free everywhere, or you can go to iTunes and and, and get the songs. You could also go to shop, uh, oh, sorry, sunspin.com, and you could buy merch and CDs, keepsakes, whatnot, T-shirts, support us, and uh, really appreciate that. And also the Inside of You online store, if you want awesome Inside of You merchandise and autograph Lexmas scripts, and uh, there's like key, ship keys autographed, and just, just tons of cool shit, Ryan. Nice. But anyway, and of course, last but not least, and I'll get into it, Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you for folks who want to support the podcast. You know, without you, I can't do this podcast, period. Without the patrons supporting the podcast and giving back a little, it just would be impossible. So thank you, all my lovable patrons. Uh, I, I send you boxes every couple of months, and hopefully new people will listen and uh, join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. Great guest today. You know, I knew this guy, Ryan. Mm-hmm. From he did this like it was like a sort of a Star Wars movie. It wasn't a Star Wars movie, but it was about going to break in Lucas Ranch. It was like back in the it was, oh, it was uh, fanboys, fanboys. Yeah, uh, yes. And my friend uh, Kyle um, Newman he directed it, and this guy was in it, Dan Fogler, mm -hmm. who is really funny. Yeah, and Dan Fogler is kind of a guy that's known for his comedy. Like you watch him, and you're like, oh, this guy's he's he's the funny guy. Mm -hmm. You know. Great at what he does. Yeah. And I stumbled upon this new show in the last six months on Paramount Plus, I believe. It's called The Offer. It's the making of The Godfather told in in, in a way uh, with actors about how it was made. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I had to have him on the podcast. I, I won't tell him how I got his email, but I got <laughs> it from a friend from a friend's friend. And I just said, dude, you were unbelievable in the show. We kind of know each other through some people. Would you do the podcast? 
and he finally did it. And uh, he was, he played Francis Ford Coppola. And I'm telling you, he was genius. This, if you haven't seen this show, The Offer, you're in for a treat. Uh, it's just how hard it was to make movies, how hard it is to make movies. But this one in particular was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, I love this guy. He really opened up about his life, about what he wants, what he's doing, um, and about The Godfather and how hard it was to to, to make this, uh, to make that movie. And uh, without further ado, let's just do it. Let's get inside of Dan Fogler. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you, you did this, man. I'm glad you did this. You know, it's, I don't think, have we met? Because I think we have a lot of the same friends and I've always heard your name come up. You've always taken roles from me, but I've never actually met the Dan Fogler. Is that true? Well, uh, it feels like we know each other forever. It does. I already feel warm. <laughs> I feel warm. You feel warm inside? Yeah. Does it? <laughs> I do. I feel like I know you. So I'm just going to pretend like I do. Cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Is, is that a mimosa? I'll say, yeah. No, it's uh, it's sparkling water with orange juice. In I a, need a little uh, citrus in there, you know? In a wine glass. Very fancy. Yeah, that was all that was left in the in the <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> are you are you a fancy guy? I don't I don't take you as fancy. I don't think you like going to fancy restaurants. I mean, I like to, uh, but I'm not like constantly like, ooh, I got to go to that fancy restaurant. But I enjoy them. I right. enjoy the finer things. But I'm I'm pretty low maintenance. I'm used. I'm yeah. normally the guy who like has a few places that I order from, and I just keep going to those places. I don't like to get yeah. out of the house much. I have there's a couple of places. If I do go out, I'll go to. I'm just. I gotta get out of my box, man. I gotta get out of it. Yeah, you're a creature of habit. Yeah, me too, man. I'm. I'm the same way. Um, I have my favorites and my go tos, and and I'm open to hear other people's suggestions. But uh, <laughs> I usually go to my same old, same old. You know. It's just easy. You're just like they delivered. They're loyal. It was they good. Get here on exactly. That's, that's I think, fourth. Yeah. That's 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 good. Um, do you uh, do you have a lot of friends that you hang out with, or is it mostly just you, the wifey, and the kids? Um, in London here, yeah, we have. Well, yeah, we have um, her families out here, so we see them quite a bit. I have a couple friends that are live here, but I. I have friends that come in like vacation and and like coming for like a week or whatever and pop in. And so that's cool. Um, yeah. Where are you at, man? I'm in L.A. I'm in L.A. Are you filming something right now? I'm living here. I'm about to film something uh, in Rome. So it's it's more convenient to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm living here, man. It's wow. it's crazy. Yeah, I've been living here since. The lockdown because um, I was shooting the third Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah, and and I, and I had the family out here, and we got a nice situation out here that Joe, that my wife inherited from her family. So it's a nice house, and and so I was literally like all mustached up, ready to like go to go to my first shoot day. And they were like, they turned the car around. I was like, what's going on? We're like, uh, well, there, you know, we're. We're going to shut down for a little bit. And, that, and and then it was like months. 
So I was supposed to be there for six months and it turned into a year and a half. So during that time, my wife and I were just like, all right, the kids are in school here. And we didn't know what the hell was happening in America. We were just like, let's let's figure out how to become residents here just in case. And, you know, I don't know if you got kids, but it's all about the kids, like their comfortability. They're in school. They like it. So it's just like, all right, well, we'll this checks this ticks off a uh, just ticks off a lot of boxes right. for us. I, I never thought I'd be living here, but here Jesus. we are. Do they do they like Fantastic Beats? It's a big production, big studio movies. Do they during the COVID since they have you sort of on hold? Do they have to keep paying you more and more as part of a policy, or do they just say no? You're getting paid the same, but you're just sort of on hold until we're ready. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like um, they shut down production. So that means that they they shut everything down. So you don't get paid at all. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> that sounds like a real drag. You know, you say you lived in you live in London. I don't know, I, and you have a lot of English. I don't have a lot of English friends. Um, I, I think that English people, for the most part, make me nervous. Um, I do have English, but it's just the way they speak, and I just feel like, oh my god, I'm stupid. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, yeah, so we're going to meet at this restaurant. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm nervous already. Oh, this sounds like right. I have to wear, I have to dress up. I have to talk a certain way. You don't feel that, do you? No, for me, it's like, I feel like they're, they just are part of the empire because I, I grew up on Star Wars. So I just uh, assume that, <laughs> that they're part of the dark side. No, uh, yeah, it was um, when I first, when I was shooting the first movie, and I got here and yeah, I felt like, I felt like Britain was, uh, I just had it in my head. Like they're, they are superior and I, yeah. and it was, yeah. And so like, I like, I wouldn't open my mouth. I would just be like, I would point at things. I'd be like, I want that. You know, <laughs> I, I was like ashamed of my, and then when I started talking, I, you know, it was like, uh, I would just try to, I would like put on an accent. I was really, I would do like a Jason Strife from Connor. <laughs> he kind of sounded like Nick uh, Frost. Fine. He's been on the podcast. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just That's put good. It- <laughs> yeah, I would do like a fake accent, and that would I was able to get by like that for a while. I just want a ham sandwich. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and you'd stay in it? You'd stay in that character? Yeah, I'd stay in it, you know, those first couple months. Um, it was cool, you know, you... You test out accents. Yeah. But people would like, people would hear like, wait, that's not quite right. You know? Something's right. Where is yeah. he from? What area is he from? Hmm. Right. And then, then when they start asking you questions, you're just like, all right, mate, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Getting nervous. Uh, dude, I'm looking at your, your career and everything. And I've seen okay. some interviews with you. I mean, you've done so many different things. It's like, you know, obviously, uh, Good luck, Chuck, and fanboys, and Fantastic Beast franchise. Take me home tonight, which I was just talking about. Uh, Walking Dead, and what really blew me away was because I've seen you all these things. I'm like, oh, he's so funny. He's always good. He always brings it. But I, I emailed you or I messaged you because I saw you in the offer, and it, it just blew me away. It blew me away. I was like, this because I don't. You don't get to be serious as much as you get to be kind of funny guy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But boy, I mean. They gave me a chance. Well, they always say uh, comedy's harder, right? As an actor, so like, comedy's harder. Serious is easier. I, I I always felt like that too. Do you feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you don't have to. Uh, comedy is like math. You have to. You have to hit. It's like 
music. If you don't hit the right chords, if you don't hit the right tone, they're not going to laugh. And it's just like, it doesn't work, you know? So it's, it's a real art, but drama, you can just be, yeah. you know, if the word you don't make anyone laugh, you just, you just are. Um, and that could be funny too. You can find some dark hysterical moments in there, but it's a lot easier. And I like, like I, I went to college um, for acting. And so I did all sorts of dramatic stuff, Chekhov and, yep. you know, Uncle Vanya and fucking Shakespeare and Mamet. So, like, I, I knew I had all that stuff in my pocket from when I was in my 20s. And so everyone, you know, everyone's got their own course of how to get uh, to where they're at. In in um, I've had a, a couple of moments where I was able to do some drama along the way. Like, I get to be more, like, even even if I'm in... Like The Walking Dead, for example, I'm still more of a jovial character, right? Uh, but I do, I do get to do this a lot of dark, dark moments. Yeah. Um, Coppola, man, he's he's a serious dude, and yeah. Jesus. So that was like, and he's he's obviously an iconic legend, alive. Um, it was a lot. It was big shoes to step into, and um, and he and he can be kind of funny you know in, in some ways so you met I him always, no but i feel like um <laughs> i've funny. seen i've seen him you know he's eccentric uh mm-hmm. and he's passionate and you know he like he, there are moments in apocalypse now that are surreally hysterical um a heart and like hearts of darkness you watch him in that but he's in apocalypse now and that moment is so surreal and hysterical where he's just all don't look at me. Look, keep going. Don't yeah. Look at the- oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I remember that. It's just like, you know, it takes, it takes a, a darkly comedic mind to you no, know, he, he, it, that's an opera. Like the Godfather's an opera. He creates like Dracula's are, are these like operas. And so you have to hit every note on the piano. You have to hit every uh, color on the palette. Like that's what he does. So there is this, there's a little comedy and everything. And, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy. Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, and that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It, it, it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. All right, this is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. You guys, if you haven't seen the offer. It's the Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. The Offer. I, I don't tell you to watch a lot of things. This is a great series. If you've never heard of it, it's sort of like how the Godfather movie came to be, how it was made, and all the difficulties, the adversity they faced, which I had no idea the shit that this movie almost went down, went under so many times. And the stories are so fascinating that you're like, this can't be true. And then you start looking shit up after you're watching. You're like, wow, this is true. This happened. Yeah. Yeah. Life is even stranger than fiction. Um, yeah. And the show had did kind of um, squeeze in a couple a couple years of history there. Um, but there was there's I'd say about, you know, 85 percent of that show is are real things that happened and real um, like every day was a battle just to make the movie. Yeah. Uh, like like first. um like Coppola, first Coppola didn't want to make it. He was just like, I don't know. I don't like how it makes Italians look. And and then like the legend is, is that uh, George Lucas was just like, dude, they're going to they're going to shut this place down. They're going to shut. They're going to lock the doors of American Zoetrope. You got to do this movie. So it's just like he was like, OK. And and then um, in meeting Mario Puzo, he just um, found this kindred spirit who was just like this you know, other because um, he's a, basically a writing genius. Coppola is a, it was a writing genius in his own right. He wrote Patton, 
won the Academy Award for that. And so he really hit it off with with Mario and and um and from them, they really pared down the gold from that novel. Uh, And those are some of my favorite scenes. Oh with yeah, Patrick. when you're with Puzo, Puzo, and just yeah. sitting there and have a sand with a sandwich thing, and the yeah, it's just it's it's hilarious. And you're like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to get yeah. anything done? See, it's funny. There's there's funny moments. It's, Absolutely. It's like yeah, they're uh, the two of them. The two of them are a great odd couple in a lot of ways. Yeah, Puzo is just like <laughs> it's you know sloppy and. Coppola is just like stay on stay on target. <laughs> yeah, uh, the other genius, and I think everybody's performance in that movie was or in that show in the series was fantastic. It's the offer, yeah. uh, brilliant. I'm not just saying this; it's it's a brilliant show. I couldn't stop watching. I could not go to sleep. I had to watch it. And the guy who plays Robert Evans, what's his name? Matthew Good is like a time machine. I call him the time machine. He's Robert Evans. Yeah, He's yeah. fucking Robert Evans. I saw the Robert Evans documentary. The kid stays in the picture. I've heard him yeah. talk. I've heard. He is Robert Evans. It's unbelievable how he nailed that. And he's a British guy. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I was, I was yeah, I call him the time machine because out of, like, I love working with everybody. Miles, Juno, like, like, Byrne, Gorman, like, they're, everybody was so fun to work with. Um, but Matthew was Bob Evans. And, he was Bob and Evans. there were moments where. I would be sitting there and I'd have like, from my point of view, I have the Coppola glasses on, you know, and I'm looking down at Coppola's thoughts in his gigantic, you know, notebook that he had that broke down every inch of the, the Godfather script. So I literally would just be like holding authentic thoughts of Coppola in my hand. And then in my periphery, there would be Matthew just as Bob. And I would feel the Paramount's, the Paramount logo, like on the wall. And I would have out of body experiences. I would like, I would have these moments where I was like, oh my God, what's my, what's my line? I, I would just be like, whoa, am I, am, am I here right now? Yeah. Like, wow. I felt like I was, I felt like I was in the office with Bob Evans and it was just, that's insane. It was, it was, it wasn't like I jumped into Coppola's body or something. <laughs> like I would, it, it was very surreal. And it happened a lot with Matthew as well. Did you ever do your Al Pacino on set? Oh, yeah. Anthony Polito, <laughs> who played Pacino, who did a great job. Yeah, he was great. And he was just kind of playing young young Al Pacino, and uh, which <laughs> I thought he, like, nailed it. And everybody was I, – I, I do more of an older, you know, Al Pacino. Like, whatever – like, everyone had a had a Pacino on set. And so <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. It was like dueling Pacinos anytime Anthony was on set. And he was a good sport, uh, thank God, you know. But, yeah, that's fun, man. Come on. That's it's like, just brilliant. Yeah. Did you get the offer or did you have – no pun intended, but did you have to – or did you have to audition repeatedly? They wanted to see what you could do. Was it a tough get? I auditioned. I made a tape. So what happened was my my reps emailed me and they were like, "We want you to they they want you to audition for for Coppola." And I was like, "Okay, great." And then I got the email with the sides, and the header said Coppola, but it was Puzo sides. And I was like, "Oh, I thought it was for Coppola." And they were like, "No, they want you to audition for Puzo." And I was like, "Can I also audition for Coppola?" And they were like, "Okay." So so right away, like if I hadn't said that, who knows what would have happened? Wow. So I so I sent in an audition for Coppola and for Puzo. So um, first I did Coppola and I put my hair to the side and I had the beard and I put the glasses on 
And I was like, holy shit, I look like him. You know, I was like, I, I didn't like really <laughs> yeah. put that together. But then I was like, okay, this is this is not so hard to look like him. And then, and then, um, and then I, when I do my auditions on tape, I, I, I also, like, I tape the lines of the uh, of the reader, so and I play them back. So I'm basically reading with myself. And um, so I was reading, I was, I was Pacino. We did this scene where um, Coppola and Pacino are in are in uh, the restaurant bathroom, and he's talking about getting the gun behind the, you know, behind the 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 pull. Uh, chain for the tank you know yeah, in, in yep. the bathroom there and that famous scene and so i'm auditioning with that scene as coppola but also playing pacino off camera so i was like okay that's that's pretty awesome like not that i would ever play pacino but i was like they they you know and then i shaved and i put my hair you know back and i put other different glasses on and then i was i did puzo and i did the scene where puzo goes into chasen's and he meets Frank Sinatra, that crazy yeah. fucking scene where he, they ends up insulting each other, and they're like, he like goes to stab him with a fork. Yeah. So I read, so I read Puzo, and then I also, I also read Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and I sent all that in. And I was just like, whether I get this or not, I just read for four different roles, you know, <laughs> for this freaking thing, and I sent it in, and then I got, they got, I got Coppola. How did you? How did you? Uh... I mean, did you memorize all you memorize all your lines? Are you a good auditioner? I I uh I go to I've for auditions because they just happen quickly like that and you gotta be off book. Um I got a couple different methods. I have the lines in my ear sometimes. Um how do you do that? How do you do the lines in your ear? You oh you you take like you have your your thing like this, or you preferably uh one that's like uh, black or something. Right. So it blends in and you put it over your ear like that. You stick it in there and you flip it behind there and you just, it's, you just get everything. I just record all my lines and I can just hear my line in my ear and just say it. And just, and, but, but that's hard because you usually have to have a reader. So you have to wait for their timing. It's a, it's a whole mind fuck. So I stopped doing that. Um, and, uh, nowadays, I just do the Brando thing, and I just have my sides taped off camera. So you never really memorize your lines. Nah, you got to pay me for that, man. Dude, I holy <laughs> shit, man! I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding because that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to learn six pages of dialogue to, to for oh, them to say impossible. no. I don't have the time. Who has the time? Who has a photograph? We used to have the time, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never had. I was terrible at it. That's why I became a good improviser because I always go up on my line and I got to fill in the gaps. And that's that's you know sometimes that makes it into the movie and sometimes it doesn't. It, depending on if the director, writer, whatever, like it, like um, can you get my line exactly correctly with all the punctuation? <laughs> you know, you never know who you're going to be dealing with there. But do you usually um, know your lines when you're on set? Most for the most part. Yeah, I try to be very off book, but I know. Just just I'm human that at some point I'm going to mess up my lines and I don't like to mess up my lines. I don't like to to stop the whole production. I like because I'm from theater. Right. I like to keep the ball in the air. So if I fuck up my line, I will continue with something else, stay in camera character until someone else feeds me my line or I remember or whatever. But I don't ever stop the scene. I just keep on going until they say cut. Are you um when you look back, when you started in theater and all that stuff, when you're sitting here at your age, what are you, 46, 45, 44? When is it? Yeah, keep going down. 44? <laughs> 43, 
For, uh, 40, uh, sold. Sold to the man of the beard. Uh, do, are you, this is a weird question. Are you where you thought you'd be? Are you a lot further along than you thought you'd be? Or are you expecting to be way bigger of an actor? What was in your mind? What kind of ego? What kind of, if you look back. I think I got exactly what I wanted. Like I always wanted, uh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm st- I got a lot. I got a lot. What's crazy is that I was in college. They were like, you're not going to work until you're 38 because you're a character actor. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm, and and basically they were, they were right. Like I didn't really like fit into my body, like really own my, my character until around that time. But I was like, fuck you. I want to work earlier than that <laughs> i would hope yeah i gotta make some money yeah, here so it, it put a fire in my uh in my belly to just like prove them wrong and i did i started working in in like by like 28 you know which was 10 years earlier than they predicted and then um but I, i've had certain lulls in my career where i was just like oh that didn't go well that didn't go as planned and i've had to you know life happens and then I've had to, I've had a couple of miracles. Like I, I've had to wish on stars for opportunities that have happened like Fantastic Beasts um, that came out of the blue, which I was like, whoa, like I, th- in, in my head, I was just like, where the fuck did this audition come from? I thought that I would have to get this role down here and prove myself in this next role here in order to be even anywhere near contention to be in that room for that audition. But for some reason I was suddenly in that room, maybe because they were looking for a certain type or whatever, but they fucking looked at everybody. They, they, I auditioned and then they were like, okay, great. And then they'd audition everybody uh, uh, from here to the moon. And then they come back to me a couple months later. So it was just like, I've had these moments that where miracles happened, where like I was on Broadway for the first time in the, in Spelling Bee. This was my big break. I got a fucking Tony Award. Yeah. The first time I'm on Broadway. If I didn't think that was going to happen. That was a miracle to me. I was like, okay, miracles are possible. You are, you do get these moments where, the universe conspires in your favor and just gives you a leg up because when I won the Tony award, that's when movie offers started happening. So you get these opportunities and the offer was kind of the same thing. Like the offer, like I, I thought that, okay, I, I've been doing good work and, and fantastic beasts. I'm, I'm doing some serious stuff, but, but I, th- I would think that I would have to play And my thinking is like, Okay, I would have to play Belushi. I would have to play Sam Kinison. I would have to play something like that first, do well in order to improve myself, in order to be even be in contention to audition for Coppola. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother, and she's starting to notice the differences. Mm-hmm in herself and and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago 
and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused. Um, younger, I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic, Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. um, look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money and, you know... Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's it's perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 
to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code INSIDE50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. But, you know, I I feel like the same person. I, I never thought they would consider me really for Lex Luthor. I never, I, in a million years, my friends would all say, dude, you're a fucking idiot. How are you playing a mastermind? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Dude, I mean, come on. You're like, you're a wiener. You're not going to. And, and I, I couldn't see it. And if a lot of times you hear this by these coaches, you know, they're like, if right, you right. can't see it, nobody else can see it. It's a mind game. It is. You got to believe it. And then it can, and then you can will it to happen. But even when it happens, you're saying you're like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. I mean, well, well, well yeah, because there is a kind of moment there where especially with something like Coppola, where it's just like, okay, I, I got to prove to a lot of people that I can do this. I got to prove it to myself. I got to do it. So mm-hmm. first couple of days on set are a little, you know, uh, stressful, but you do scenes and you read the, the, the room, you know, and Dexter Fletcher, who was the director was like a fucking hypnotist. Like, he was just like this incredible cheerleader where like from the moment, like I was in costume and he was like, you're him, mate. It's him. You're doing it, mate. You are Coppola. You're just him. You know, it's just be like, okay, I'm him. I, I, you're right. You know? And, and he was just like, had this amazing talent to just instill confidence. So very early on. And then I was like, I trusted it. I was like, okay, I don't got to see playback. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, because when I think when you're dealing with something so like Heavy. That has so so much Big. so much importance yeah. in in our business, you know, like that some someone like Coppola, I think you have to just like let it go and just play and it's gonna or be you'll what's kill gonna yourself. Be. I mean, you like yeah. you'll beat yourself down. And also like having someone like this director, imagine if you had some director who was just like an asshole or wasn't really present, or like, all right, let's do another one. Let's do it again. All right, great. Right. Let's move it on. That you didn't trust. Then you're going to spend the whole feature going, I'm going to be laughed uh, at. Do I suck? Uh, What's going on? You need, we need as actors, we need some assurance. We need some, uh, some trust to know that we're on the right path. We're doing the right thing. If we don't yeah. get that and we just, very few have the confidence to just trust yourself and no one else. You need someone else to kind of guide you a little bit, don't you? Yeah, you need a good, you need a, that's why you want, you, you want an actor's director. Dexter has been acting since he's a kid. What, like if you're in a comedy or something and the, and the director's a little wonky or they're like a new director, you can at least say, Hey, can I see some playback? You know, can I see the dailies? They're more, they're more open to that. Yeah. So, so you can at least gauge your performance, you know? Um, and in the moment, like, especially it's, it's, but, but, but with like a drama, there's not a lot of looking at playback, you know, there's not a lot of hovering around, you know, the, yeah. you don't have the time, screen. no time really. Right. Oh, well there, there's time, but it's, uh, it's not, it's a different kind of animal. It's like, because the, in comedies, it's like, you're look, you're, 
it's it's you get this little audience and you're standing around the you know the director's tent and you see what's funny you're looking, you can see what's working you can see like you're watching the play back and it's like it's a group effort you're like yeah yeah that worked okay let's go back and do another but it, it's i don't know if it's the same kind of, it's like it's almost too pretentious if it's drama yeah it's, it's like you can't really have that audience to go oh yeah no, that was really good it's yeah, just yeah. different like i remember i did this movie with steve martin and steve would go to the to, to the playback Every, monitors every take every right. take and he go yeah. oh i can go bigger there i can go bigger and i was like oh wow look i was learning from him but oh yeah he, he was looking at was that what movie i uh, was not it was called bringing down the house i wore a horrible wig and i just wanted to work with steve martin and he was lovely but um <laughs> Who doesn't want to work with him man yeah love steve uh yeah. he's the best i mean the first day he comes on set and goes tell me about this smallville and uh we hit it off and i'd be at lunch and go you mind if i sit here with you and I go, yeah, Steve, sit down. We hung out in his trailer. He played the the, the what was banjo. It? The banjo. He signed my jerk poster, which is somewhere in this house. Um, he was awesome, man. He was yeah. a, he was a delight. Um, That's you, good. You, you talked about lulls, like you know, you had those lulls. You're like, oh, what's happening? This didn't work. I didn't do well. Do you do, do you get anxiety? Do you get depression? Do you have things that you do for it? Uh, do you go to therapy? What is it that you? How do you deal with things? How do you deal with life rejection? It, yeah, it helps. <laughs> it helps to create a philosophy for yourself where it's just like do or die, where you're just like, okay, whether like when I set out to be an actor, I was like, I don't care if I make a penny at this. I'm going to be doing this till I'm 99 years old on the side of a road with a hat, just being like, hello, my baby. You know, like, like doing like a whole like tap dancing for people and like, you know. I really, I really, that's true. Like if you were making yeah, no money, really. you wouldn't have quit. Eventually you would have given, you wouldn't have no. given up. You would have kept doing uh, a repertory theater, whatever it was. Till I died. Wow. I would have just kept wow. acting. Yeah. Because um, I don't know, man. I just like, it was, it's my jam. Like, I, it's like, like if I, like, I don't know, like if I couldn't act, I would be doing some other right brain thing. <laughs> You know, like th- that doesn't make money. <laughs> like sculpting on the side of the road. You are a sculptor. Last- You're a sculptor. Yeah, but like you know, it's you know, it's a hobby. But um, wait, if I offered you fifty million dollars cash, fifty yes. million, and I said you can never act again. Oh, oh fuck! It's kind of sad. Here's fifty million. You can never act again. No, never act again. Holy crap! I'd have to talk to my wife for for that. <laughs> yeah. Fifty, take it, sculptor, take it. Honey. We can act in front of each other. Nope, can't even act in front of each other. <laughs> act in front of you. That can't even cool. pretend to like things. Wow, fifty million. It's a lot of money. I don't know, man. I feel like I would still like sneak away and make <laughs> like indie films, like secret films, to feed the beast in oh my belly. My God, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing that you even ponder that because if somebody said, I'll give you five, I'd be like, fuck yeah, five million. I'm done. Let's move on. I'll I'll direct. I'll uh, I'll do whatever. I'll travel. I don't know. I still got something to prove. Like, like if I had done, like if I had gotten to this point and you offered me the same thing and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I've done all my favorite roles and (laughs) all the things I wanted to do. And you know, then I would say like, yeah, I guess I could step away from from acting and 
that would be a kind of like a rock and roll kind of thing and just live, a, you know, uh, but I haven't, I haven't. But done wait, everything. you just said, I, I have to, I still have to prove. Do you have to prove to yourself or do you have to prove to everyone else? Be honest, because a lot of it's like, I want to show you that I'm a fucking brilliant actor. Or is it, do you want to just prove to yourself too, that you're capable of doing that? I know I'm capable of doing it. I, I know, I know, like, cause like I said, like in, in college, like, I did the full spectrum of like, I I had like a, a really good idea of what my abilities were in college as what I would call um, a sad clown, the kind of actor that can make you cry in one sentence and make you sad and, and make you happy in the next sentence. Um, and that's what I always wanted to be watching uh, actors like Robin Williams, who I love and, uh, may he rest in peace. And like, I, I was like, not that I'm anywhere near the quickness of Robin or his talent, but I was, I, str- I would strive to be like him. And, um, I knew in college that I like, I was like, Oh, I, I can make people laugh and I can make people cry. And I've been given chances to do that in certain roles over the years but I haven't, there's certain roles that I've always wanted to play. And there are certain roles that like, I haven't been, I haven't stretched my, I haven't stretched all the muscles that I stretched in college, you know, for this audience yet that I have their attention, you know? And I, and so I want them to see the full spectrum and then um, you can judge my career or my abilities on that. And then I'll take you 50 million. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And I'll take you 50 million. All right, fair <laughs> enough. But let's go back. Let's rewind about eight minutes back to the lull. We didn't finish that thought because okay. I, I went off on a tangent because I, I wanted to ask you some things. But the lull, the what do you do? What kind of things do you do for the lull? Because now you have kids, you have uh, a wife, you can't just all of a sudden you get really depressed and sad. And, you know, you got a family to take <laughs> care of. But like we do unintentionally, it's just human nature. But you know, are your lows low? Do you get anxiety? What do you, how do you deal with it? I can't turn off the creative, um, you know, meter that's constantly going in my head. So I'm constantly writing when I have a lull and I'm not getting any work. I will direct, I will write something for myself and I'll direct the movie. I'll, and I'll, I'll just put out an independent film where I, that I, it's like a vehicle for me. Like I'll just, I don't know. I just have to, I feel like I just have to keep the momentum going. Um, I am constantly because I have kids and a wife, it's a huge motivating factor to be like, okay, I cannot sit around. I have to, I have to, you know, hustle. I'm constantly hustling. I'm hustling even when things are good. Like I'm constantly trying to figure out what the next gig is uh, creating gigs for myself, creating like new, new pathways to, to make money. Yeah. Um, with these abilities, like it's nonstop and it helps when there's nothing going on and keeps you focused. Work begets work, um, gives you confidence. You know, you're just like, okay, like I can, I can still do what I love and, and, keep the, you know, keep my passion going and, and keep myself satisfied, you know? Um, and there's a lot of fucking, uh, like, I know 
that there 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 was like those times during those lulls when nothing's going on when people you're the closest people that you have to you who have supported you all the way up until that point are suddenly like yeah maybe it's time to you know throw in the hat <laughs> you know and and when when you're just like what are you kidding like we got this far and now you think like it's over like to use that and prove them wrong um huge motivating things you know it's just like um and then there is there's like a luck factor there's like a wishing on i i I wished on a star like whenever (laughs) whenever there were lulls um before I i have a tradition before uh new year's especially during these times um i would make a wish uh, for some kind of guidance, some kind of, you know, miracle to happen. And, um, and it happened, it, it was answered every single time. <laughs> and we can, we can go into that whole thing, manifesting things and intention, manifesting, you know, things that you want in your life. Um, I, I believe it's real that you can, you can do these things yeah. because I'm, I'm living it. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried Qualiacinolytic, and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Qualiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Inside of you is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair 
with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical study, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's nutrafol.com promo code inside like the secret or the celestine prophecy or like wanting something so bad and and having this vision of it and really believing it and imagining yourself being there and that you belong and that i i believe a lot of that too i really do i i think again it comes down to You've got to really believe it. You can't just be like, I'm going to be a star. huh? I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to make millions of dollars. You got to really, really believe it. And also be motivated to do whatever it takes. You got to, you have to feel it in your heart to the point where you're, you believe it's already happening. And guess who's really good at that? Actors. Yeah. Actors are really good at believing stuff, making making themselves believe situations make so the the art of manifesting stuff is the universe doesn't understand want and need it understands the vibration of the emotion so if you're like if you're vibrating at that frequency of yeah i am so happy that this stuff is already happening then the universe says, yes, let's continue with that feeling. Yeah, that's it. You have to just vibrate at the same frequency as what you want. If you vibrate with worry and need, then you'll get that. Interesting. Drinking your mimosa. This is uh, very insightful. 
as you're listening, as I'm, I forget, I'm even interviewing you. I kind of start like, yeah, it's like it's just this is a conversation. This is like yeah, interesting. I like this. I, I <laughs> you guess weren't like, expecting that, were I you? I wasn't expecting to not actually be interviewing, but being really in it, <laughs> in it to win it. Um, <laughs> you know, I got to ask you this because she was a good friend of mine, Carrie Fisher, and you, oh. you got to work with her in Fanboys. Love her. She was. She was. She used to get mad at me because I said, God, you're like my grandma. And she's like, well, fuck you. And I go, fuck no, you. no, no, no. I mean, like your house is always open. You're like, hey, stop by in between auditions, have a sandwich in the fridge, go and wow. do whatever. I don't have to be home. I stayed at her house for four months in one of her bungalows because I was going through a rough time. And uh, I, it was it was just insane. She's so giving, so wonderful. And it was a real loss. It was a real loss. But what was your experience? I don't know how long you got to work with her, but what was it like for you? She was on set for a day wow. she was the nurse in that scene um and i just you know it was a sad, it was a sad scene where she because our friend um uh chris marquette linus he's dying and he's not feeling well and she's like supposed to come out and just be like he's he can see you now you know right. and i'm just sitting there just like like staring at her. Oh my god, it's Mrs. Naya. <laughs> right, right. I'm supposed to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get the fucking smile off my face. She is a trip, dude. She um <laughs> this is how I'll always always remember her. We're <laughs> we're all we all came back from a break and we're sitting around in the waiting room where she's supposed to come in and tell us to come and meet with Linus and we're like we're waiting on Carrie and we're like okay yeah where's Carrie and she's just all I'm here <laughs> and we look down and she's just like took her break on the floor just like lying on the floor <laughs> eating eating fruit loops off of her chest that's her on the floor. and she's like hey guys just like, what? you know it's, she was Jesus so relaxed and just like, you know, she's been living on sets her whole life. And there was just like this, I don't know, I just, we had just had so much reverence for her. And then, of course, I was so jealous that Marquette got to kiss her. You know, I was just like, oh. motherfucker. Ugh. That's amazing. You know, you know uh, she did an episode of Smallville and oh yeah, uh, they were looking for her, too. They were looking for Carrie. And they found her in the, you know, those giant air conditioning vents that they put on set, the little like worm-like things that are really big that blow cold air into the, she was, she was in one cooling off. (laughs) Yeah. She was living in there. Yeah. She likes to, she likes to get into a little nook. Oh, may she rest in peace. Yeah, man. So honored that I got to meet her, got to meet Billy D on, on, uh, fanboys. Yeah. Um, got to meet some a lot of my favorite people like i i love star wars like that oh, was me that's, too. That's we could talk thing. about that a whole a whole episode we could talk about star wars you know it's funny carrie i've talked about this but she gave me her force awakens chair oh carrie fisher uh yeah it was amazing. how did you become such good friends with her what, what you was know, the deal my i had an assistant at the time and she called her assistant called my assistant and said hey this is carrie fisher's assistant and carrie's daughter is a big fan of smallville and Carrie wants to know if you could send her an autograph. And I go, uh, could she send me a Return of the Jedi autograph when she's almost naked with Jabba the Hutt? And so I still have the picture. It says, blow me, Carrie. 
And we became friends and she'd invite me to her parties. We actually threw a party together. Um, and, uh, I just started hanging out with her and going, I, I, again, I've always had this feeling. My, my listeners know that I never really felt like I belong when I'm around big celebrities and things, but I'd go to this, these gatherings and it'd be Carrie Fisher, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, all uh, Nicole Kidman and like, you know, 15 people hanging at her house all the time. Like Meryl Streep and like, Michael, get in here. Say hello. I'm like, Hey, Meryl Streep. (laughs) Hey, George Lucas. Hey, she didn't give a fuck. She was like, this is my friend. This is Michael. I don't care how big stars you are. He's welcome. And she always made you feel like that. And we just hit it off. She knew I came from a dysfunctional family. And obviously she did too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Debbie Reynolds lived in in front of her in the little, her little house that on the same property. So we'd go down and visit Debbie who was watching QVC till three in the morning. And she'd have all these pictures of like all these big stars saying to Debbie, I love you. And it's Frank Sinatra and just crazy shit, man. So that's how we became friends. Um, Postcards postcards from the edge. Postcards from the edge, man. That movie still makes me cry when Gene Hackman says, you have everything. People love you. And she goes, but I don't feel it. And I go, oh, man, that sucks. But yeah, I could understand that. Uh, uh, We're almost done here. Uh, You're a big horror fan. Yeah, I dig horror. Yeah. I love horror. Good. I saw that you're a horror fan. I don't know. You published a graphic novel, horror anthology, Moon Lake, a collection yeah. of stories, chronicles, the past, present, and future of the most haunted town on earth, Moon Lake. I, I got to check this out. Yeah, I'll send you some. Uh, I'll send it to you if you want. Yeah. Yeah, we're making an animated show out of that. Um, that is my homage to Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt and Heavy Metal, the movie. Um, yeah, I... Like, uh, like, uh, I dig horror. Like, I like my, my horror is, um, like love jaws. Yeah. Love shining. Yeah. Um, love like Cujo. I like just watched spe- Cujo last week again. It, yeah. I have a horror movie group and we watched Cujo and it still holds up. Oh, and God, I, I loved that- it so much. I emailed D Wallace from Ooh. the mother from you know and cujo and et and done tons of shit and i go want to be in the podcast she goes sure so she's coming yeah. over to the house i'm stoked i'm like a nerd oh, like that oh cool, man yeah that movie scared the shit out of me because i had we had straight straight dogs in my neighborhood and i was like any one of those dogs could be a cujo <laughs> <laughs> we named our dog uh, cujo it was a poodle when we were kids little little dog cujo. <laughs> yeah, cool. uh yeah man like those are those are my jam like the recent ones not many good Wait, ones. Not many good ones. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm like they're scary as hell. Like this. Like like there's some paranormal ones. Like the Love. circle. There's they're kind of they, but they freak me out in in a way that it. I don't know. It's different. It's, it's it is different. Like, it's raw. Yeah. You know what messed me up as a kid? You remember the howling? Oh yeah. Remember the uh, the werewolf transformations yes. and that terrifying i think it was better almost better than the american werewolf in london transformation that one too is messed They're up both messed up that the, was the pain of it it's yeah it was so freaky man there's some movies that just stick with you there's moments in time like yeah. um yeah all right look this is called shit talking with shit talking with dan fogler okay fogler i said it right yeah good job <laughs> uh these are from 
<laughs> these are from my patrons. Uh, they, they get to ask questions. Join Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, inside of you. The, they, they really help the show more than they know. Here we go. Tom oh. N. Does Dan still crank up Def Leppard when their songs come on? Yeah, I can't play ping pong without listening to Def Leppard. Dude, I love Def Leppard. Dude, so many fun actors in in, in Balls of Fury. Oh, oh my yes, god, so are. many fun actors. Holy shit! Including Christopher Walken, who is like my one of my favorites. Let's do dual Walkens. So, Dan, how long have you have you been an actor? Well, let me tell you something. I've been an actor since I was born. I came out of my mother's vagina, and I was holding the umbilical, and I was using it as a microphone strumming it like a bass and everyone was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I had $50 million. Dan, quit acting. I'll give you 50 million. Would you do I it? Still have, I still have so many more roles <laughs> that I want to do, including the Chris Walken story. <laughs> have you ever been called Dan Fogelberg? Incessantly. Fogelberg, Folgers, Folgers Crystals, Happen, Fogler. I don't know what's so hard about Fogler. It's easy. Do I even sound like? Do I even sound like him? I just kind of sound like him. you do. It's great. Um, Maddie S. I got to stop it. Any fun memories from Take Me Home Tonight that you'd still like that you'd like to share? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that movie i had so much fun in that movie that movie was just a constant party i loved um I, they used every single scarface impression <laughs> they use it's all sprinkled out throughout the whole movie amazing um yeah and um that scene in the bathroom with angie everhart uh was with the the, the future man in the leather outfit do you know who that is? That that is a his his last name is Frankenstein. That guy was related to Doctor. No, yeah, it was part of his lineage. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh my god, that was the most surreal moment of my life. With her smacking me, bruises up and down my ribs. She's riding me and smacking me, <laughs> and he's off on. Frankenstein in his leather outfit. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> Did you tell her to really hit you or you're like, no, I did not tell her to really hit me, but you know, what are she you going to argue with her? <laughs> uh, she really beat the shit out of me, but uh, the reactions were wonderful. Danny spinning gold looks like a great film for those of us that love the music of the seventies. Oh. What is Dan's favorite song on the soundtrack? Oh Yeah. I love all the George Clinton stuff. Uh Parliament Funkadelic. We go there. We we do we we do a little kiss. You know, they, he discovers kiss, Casablanca Records. Um, so and yeah, I mean, like if you're a music lover, there's all that disco, Diana Ross, um uh, Bill Withers, man. Holy shit. What's your favorite band from the 70s and 80s? My favorite band from the 70s and 80s. You could name two Ooh. 70s and one in the 80s. Oh, two different ones? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, well, hmm. 
I really got into Zeppelin. I got into the Doors. That's a little before. I, uh, I, uh, um, Aerosmith and the Black Crows. I just saw the Black Crows um, recently in London here, and they were amazing. God damn it. They sound wonderful. They're singing the whole Shake Your Money Maker album. And that was like, oh, my God, what am I in high school right now? It was crazy. I've never been a Black Crows fan. Maybe I need to listen to them more, but I play hockey with their manager of many years, and I... He always talks about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd rather listen to the Counting Crows. What's your, what's your jam, man? Do you, I mean, do you, do you like that? Because they're like a classic rock. Band, I love dude. 70s, 80s, 90s. I can go on and on, but I like the Doors. I like Zeppelin. I like the Eagles. I like uh, I like yacht rock. I love a little Christopher Cross when I'm driving. I like uh, a little Def Leppard. I like uh, we get into Credence a lot lately. Yeah, I like Alternative. I like the Cure. I like Psychedelic Furs. OMD uh morrissey smiths all that stuff I, I listen to a bit of everything but 70s 80s and a little 90s uh yep. last question little lisa if you could go back in time if i can go back time if you can go back on set to uh time on a set to change one thing what would it be oh um <laughs> there was go the back in on set to change one thing marty go back in time on set damn where Any- is that boy Damn, Sam. <laughs> it could be any set. Okay. I uh, will the I wish I can go back in time <laughs> to when Michael J. Fox forced me to do an impression of him for him. I I wish that I didn't do the impression for him, that I just went straight into my Doc Brown, because that would have been a much better. Re, uh, less awkward situation. Is your is it, your Michael J. Fox Marty good? So here's the situation. So I'm doing the spelling bee show. You want to hear this story? I'll sure. Tell, you tell me it. So <laughs> it's this is why it's good to know a couple different impressions. So I'm doing the spelling bee show, and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave. And my buddy is just like, Hey, uh, I mean, th- after the show, the show was great, but I was like, I just wanted to go home. And my buddy was like, Michael J. Fox is in the green room. He wants to meet you. I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like running around. I felt like I just missed him. And I was like, oh, man. And then I turn a corner and then I'm just face to face with my Michael J. Fox. And he's just all, he's just all, hey, man. And he's like, and I'm like, hey, he's like, I, I hear you do an impression of me. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And uh, I was like, yeah, I do it, but it's it's from my comedy act. And I'm just like, it's not, I, I'm not, I don't want to do it. It's like, do it. Like David Spade, you know, he does one. And and I was just like, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, Dana Carvey does one. It's like, okay, I'll do it. And and I go, I go, this is what I do for my act. I go, I go, whoa, doc, you tell me you built a time machine Adam Mallory. And then he looks at me. Adam Mallory. He he looks at me and he goes, he goes, you know, my voice isn't that high. Walks away with his family. And I'm just like, and then, and then like, I was like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? So instantly I turn around and I go, body, look out. I do like my best doc Brown. And he turns around. And he's like, "Whoa, Jack!" And then his family started laughing. And then, and then it was okay. Oh so I, my god! I wish that I could have gone back and just be like, 
oh, no, I'm not going to do it, Monty. And then we could have had that a similar. I don't know if he would have made me do it. Just never, no matter what, never do the impression for the person, even if they ask you to do it. That's my advice. What other impressions can you do besides Pacino? What's your best Pacino line? <laughs> ah, no, that's just tough. That's tough. Oh, oh, my best Pacino line is, I mean, I, I guess it's, you know, she got a nice ass and you got your head stuck. Way up That's pretty good. That's great. It's okay. I do the screaming Pacino. That's great. Um I got a like I love doing the walking. Yeah, me too. Uh, I got a couple. I do Nicholson. I like doing Nicholson. That's good. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Like, like that's pretty good. Yeah, I do a little Nicholson too. I love my favorite line. I've talked about it is in The Shining when Shelley Duvall goes, Jack, oh. Jack. Someone's in the hotel. They heard okay. Danny. And he goes, Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> it's so brilliant. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Grady. What's that one line where he's dee, 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 dee. he says, Yeah, I forgot what he does. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? She says something. She goes, <laughs> I forgot what it was. I forgot what it was, but I love Nicholson. Oh man, uh, great little hair dog that bit me. Yeah, there's different. There's different. You know, Nicholson's is like early, early Nicholson, and then as he gets older, it gets deeper and deeper. Yeah, you know, it gets toward the Joker Nicholson. What does he say oh. when he takes the things out of the in the shiny? Takes the the fuses out of the car and he goes, Oh, Wendy, you got a real big something coming to you. Or you, what does he say? Oh, I don't, you remember. got a real big surprise. <laughs> I forgot you ever seen, you ever seen the behind the scenes on that? Brilliant. It's a 30 so minute good. one that, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's, uh, daughter made. Right. And it's like a 30 yeah. minute and he's brushing. You see, I don't know if people are going to find this very. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Make sure your teeth are fresh, fresh breath for my, for the people that I work with. Love that. Bit. And he's, he's, he's meeting that girl. And she's like, obviously like he's meeting that woman. And she's obviously, they've obviously had something in the past. Yeah. And she's like, you, you don't remember me at all. He's like, I meet a lot of people every day. You know how many hands I shake? <laughs> you look like, like him when okay. you say it. Like they obviously had sex at some point. You know? Oh my I god! I have no clue who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you look like him. Your face, be- you become him. It's weird. Yeah. This has been a real blast, man. You're you're fantastic. I I'm I'm so happy for all the great work you've done and the the uh, the um, accolades and people really paying attention to you because they should. Um, people should watch Thanks. the offer. It's it's got to be one of your favorite things you've done, right? Oh God, yeah, that was amazing! Like, what a dream come true! You're a genius. This is this is a gift. I'm glad we got to finally connect. It was very easy to talk to you. You have great stories, and uh, let's keep in touch. And I want you. You're going to send me yeah. something, right? You're going to send me a book. I'll send you all my books. I'll, I'll send you links to them. And um, yeah, and don't be a stranger at these cons, man. We should hang out. I would so. love that, dude. I would love that. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you all of Fogler's fictions, man. By the way, uh, if you ever do a podcast, I got. Yeah, I, I do podcasts. What's the your podcast? Fogler, 
I do a 40 Dan Fogler 40 experience podcast and you should come on my podcast. We'll, we'll have a blast. Do you tell me when I'll be there. All right. Um, next couple of weeks, man. I was thinking a cool podcast name for you. You already have it would be the Fogler files. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a me. section of the, the podcast where I do tales from beyond the veil, where we talk about all sorts of paranormal conspiracy stuff and, the Fogler Files would be a good name just to like just do that stuff. A section. It's now time for the Fogler Files. Yeah. All right, dude. You're awesome. Thanks for allowing me to be inside of you, and I will talk to you very soon. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel me? Did you feel me inside of you? <laughs> I felt you deeply, my friend. Deeply. Organically. <laughs> Later, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Shrink the Books is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Books is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. I like this guy. He was just really fun. Um, again, we didn't know each other. It's always like you never know what you're, you know, okay, are they going to get my vibe? And and he just got, he just enjoyed things. We bounced off each other. And I'm glad to see him like doing drama and getting noticed for this because, uh, you know, I think sometimes you see, you know, I think when I was doing comedies, I was just doing, you know, like I did this comedy and this pilot and this sitcom and this and this fun. And I was kind of known as, you know, maybe a funny guy and he'll just do comedies. And I thought that's what I would do. And then somebody, you know, they gave me the chance and um, Smallville to play Lex Luthor. And the next thing you know, I'm playing this. It's just crazy. You, you, I think, you know, he, I think he said it or actually might have been um, J.K. Simmons when I interviewed him. He said that a lot of time comedians mm. or maybe Jim Gaffigan oh, said Gaffigan, it. Yeah. Gaffigan said comedians it's easier for them to do drama mm-hmm. and it makes sense mm-hmm. i think a lot of times there's like all this insecurity with actors and all this dysfunction mm-hmm. and proving themselves and you know they're a little dramatic and dark and 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 uh maybe that's why i don't know but anyway thank you dan fogler and uh if you're just listening to the end of this there's a whole bunch of fun stuff like joining patreon and supporting the podcast and uh, my new album uh sunspin uh, never is what it is is out there go to sunspin.com and uh we are also streaming everywhere and be sure to go to creation con in dallas to see me and tom willing do a smallville nights and all that right now top tier patrons these are the folks that uh you know they do it they keep me together here we go ryan <laughs> nancy d leah s sarah v little lisa too you can't go chilly and brian h and nico p Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Kristen K, and Raj C. Joshua D, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jamal F, Janelle D, Kimberly Mike E, L, Don.
Down to Tremo, 99 more, Santiago M, Chad, Leanne P, Janina R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda M, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D. Tabitha T, Tom and Liliana A, Talia M, and Betsy D, Chad B, Dan and Angel M, Ryan and C, Corey K, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jimmy C, Brandy D, Camille S, Joey M, Eugene and Leah, Corey, Heather L, Jake B, What the Hell, Megan T, Yosha Swell, Mel S, you're the best. Orlando C, it's just you and me. Caroline R, what are you doing? Christine S, Eric H, Shane N, you are my friend. Emma R, Andrew M, Sadoichi 77, my friend. Oracle, Karina N, and Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K. Thank you so much, patrons. That were the top tier patrons in a song. Should we just start doing that every time? It's just a new song. Oh my god, that was so good. That deserved to be like <laughs> Grammy nominated. Ass capped. What? <laughs> ass, ass capped. capped. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but ass cap, you know? Yeah, like the the recording yeah, something it needed to be ass capped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Michael Rosenberg from the Hollywood Hills in California, Southern California. I'm Ryan Taze. I'm also here. He's very calm today. He's rested. I am not rested. I'm not either. <laughs> Vegas still is hitting my ass. Kicking my ass. A little wave to the camera. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for uh, choosing this podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Thanks for making this podcast your podcast today um i hope you enjoyed it and keep tuning in even if you don't know the you know people sometimes were like i don't even know this guest but i tune in to hear what they have to say and i learned something and that's cool you know what i mean yeah that's cool so thank you thanks and uh always be good to yourself that's most important be good to yourself we'll see you next week Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.